0: Welcome to Choosing Hope, Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. My name is Munira Premji, and I am the host of this podcast. The vision of this podcast is to connect you with ordinary, everyday people from around the world people who are making a difference, people who are contributing to their communities and the world in small and big ways through their ideas, their imagination, their challenges, their purpose and their passion. Today's guest is Sherelle Drupers, co-founder and director of a Kenyan nonprofit called Cheza Cheza, great name. Her mission and the mission of Cheza Cheza is to work with kids in informal settlements, slums, and provide them with life skills through the power of dance. So let me tell you a little bit about Sherelle. She was born in the Netherlands. She studied human geography and planning. She got a degree in education and a master's in international development. Sherelle was a junior lecturer at Utrecht University in the Netherlands where she taught international development studies. She moved to Nairobi in 2016 and co-founded Cheza Cheza, in 2018. So welcome to the show, Sherelle. I appreciate your connecting all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we have great internet connection. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So let's take it right from the beginning. So through Cheza Cheza, you work with kids who live in the slums in Kenya. Can you paint a picture of the lives of the kids in these informal settlements?
1: um yeah i think it's really good to to paint the picture and show the context of where these kids are living um because when we hear the word informal settlement or slum we think about certain things but we might not really know what's happening on the ground and how that actually influences well people's lives but also the children's lives so of course informal settlements are is a place where there's high poverty rates but Apart from those poverty rates, um, I would say that they have access to little resources. So there's not really quality access to water or education or to um, health care. And it, this leads to very vulnerable situations for the kids. Um, so the kids grow up in an environment where parents are stressed. They have to take care of household income. There's sometimes stress between the parents. So there's violence in the home. So you see that actually the kids grow up in a very vulnerable situation where home doesn't always mean safety. And then outside of the home there, there is a neighborhood where there's crime, there's violence, there's a lot of abuse happening. So they grow up in a very uncertain and, and volatile space where they experience a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. Thanks
0: for painting that picture. You know, you're absolutely right. I had no idea what an informal settlement was until a few years ago, I came to Nairobi and went to Kibera. And I think what shocked me the most is how many people live in a tiny, tiny, tiny space. And that's where they live. That's where they eat. And in Kibera, I think we have about a million people who live in a a tiny space and if I recall, one of the things that shocked me is how 20, 30 people share one washroom. So yeah, thank you for painting that picture on the ground. So Cesa Chesa is all about building strong minds through dance. How how did you choose to use the medium of dance? Um, Well, I think a lot of people think about the African continent and
1: African culture and and think about dance. And of course, living here, you see that dance is very prominent. But when we co-founded Cheza Cheza, which means playful um, in Swahili, we started doing more research about dance. And of course, dance is a physical activity and people use it to work out and feel good. But what is that thing that actually makes you feel good after dance? And actually, almost everybody feels good after dancing. And it really has to do with this brain connection. That if you have certain emotions, it's actually connected to motion. So we think about being stressed and we have we we show it through our fingers or through our shoulders. Or if we're happy, we're very excited. So we don't dance all the time, but we move throughout the whole day. What people tend to forget is that dance is a very emotional activity. So you can release stress. You can express emotions and you can do it in a very creative way so if I ask you how do you feel right now and I ask you to express it in a move you would have a completely different move than I would have but if we would say it in words we might both say oh we're feeling good or we're feeling excited but through our body it has a very like unique and creative expression so dance is Yeah, really wonderful tool for kids to to engage them in something that they really love to do and is very fun um, and simple. But it also has these benefits that really make them feel good, connect to who they are and lets them express themselves. That is so beautifully said. And just out of curiosity, do you dance yourself? Um, A little. Um, I used to dance as a kid growing up. So I always used to do jazz and ballet. Um, I stopped dancing for 10 years and then I picked it up again four years ago when I came to Kenya. So dance has been always a part of my life, but it stopped for a while. And now it's like the most prominent part of my life. And it makes me feel really good. And it makes me feel so good about myself and connecting with others. And what people also forget, I think, is that they think dance is very individual, but it's a very beautiful way to connect with others. You like you dance together. There's an energy together. And that's why you see here in Kenya that it's used for storytelling or it's used to express emotions or to tell stories generation to generation. So dance is actually a really beautiful medium. You know, as I hear
0: you speak, the joy just emanates from your face. It's uh, <laughs> it's clearly a very joyful expression, and something you you love to do. True. So let's go back to Cheza and uh, I'm curious about what a typical day or a typical class would look like. You know, is it uh, structured? Is it informal? What what does that look like? Um, yeah. So we're not uh, a
1: typical dance class I would say. So our dance class is really founded on seven elements that come back every single class and these seven elements are derived from dance movement therapy and it's a psychotherapy that supports people in releasing emotions and dealing with their emotions through movement and dance. And what we basically did is took some of those elements to make sure that the kids felt that they were in a safe environment in order to express themselves. So for example, you wouldn't just ask a kid now dance now or express yourself now without Mm -hmm. them feeling comfortable in the group or having without warming up their body, for example. So when they come in, we always make a circle. So a circle is very important because it creates equality everybody feels seen the teacher welcomes everybody and um, he also explains or she explains what the purpose of the class is and the teacher always uh, is also part of that circle because it creates equality within the group so it's not the teacher that's an authority but the teacher is also part of the group which also creates the safety between the teacher and the students which is very important because a lot of the kids here are in classrooms full of 80 kids, they don't get a lot of attention. um, And when they do speak up, or they have a wrong answer, they sometimes get beaten by the teacher. So they sometimes fear that authority, and we wanted to take that away. So that's how we create safety with that circle. We then do mindfulness and breathing exercises that really connect the world and the emotion of the kid with what they're feeling at the moment. So we calm them down. It's been a busy week, Saturday morning, they come to our class and we want to calm them down. Then we do an emotion check-in. So we ask them, okay, how do you feel right now? And how do you express that? So instead of all the kids saying, I'm good, because a lot of kids don't have the extended vocabulary to say, I'm excited, I'm joyful, or this is how I feel, they would all say I'm okay, usually. But Um, if you go around a circle and ask everybody how they feel and express it in a move, they actually have all different and unique moves to express themselves. And through that movement, the teacher can also see what the energy of the kid is. If they're very energetic, if they're a little bit down, if they're a little bit stressed, they are taught and trained to see that and feel that energy. Um, So they can adapt the class depending on how the energy is in the group. Then we do a warm-up, of course, with cool African um, Afrobeats music. It's joyful. It's fun. We warm up the body. Then a life skill training. So, for example, the teacher introduces the concept of self-esteem and we let the kids explore the concept. So we don't say, this is self-esteem. This is how you should Mm -hmm. feel. But we ask the kids to explore that themselves. So the teacher puts on music and he asks, can you walk around with high self-esteem? And then you see the kids moving around the room, putting their heads up in the sky, shoulders wide, um, standing up straight, and the energy changes in the room. Then he puts on other music and he asks, can you walk around with low self-esteem? And then you see the kids slouching, looking to the ground. And then we do a debrief and then the kids actually see, hey, there's a big connection to something that I feel And how my body posture is, for example. So if I want to walk into a room with self-esteem, you don't walk in with your shoulders slouched and looking to the floor. So that's a connection that they then feel through their body in the exercise. Then we do a dance routine. We do, again, mindfulness exercise and stretching as part of cooling down. And then we do a debrief. So we ask the kids what they've learned and always connect it to their life at home or in school. So the breathing technique that you use to calm you down, can you use that in certain situations at home? Teamwork or collaboration and the stuff that you learn in class, can you take that to school to be a better collaborator? So we really try to connect the class to the outside world. So that's kind of a typical class, how it looks like, and it's usually an
0: hour to an hour and a half. That's uh, really incredible. And the words that were jumping out for me uh, based on what you were saying, were safety and experiential and connection and brain-body connection and how our bodies are, are made to move and equality and uh, uh, structure. That's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, tell me a bit about the, the, the seven-step program and the, I'm not sure what you called it, but it's, uh, it's, it's a particular kind of dance therapy. Yeah, dance movement therapy. So
1: dance movement therapy is a psychotherapy, and it's a little bit of an alternative therapy, I would say. So not a, not a lot of people know about it, but um, it has been researched very thoroughly. And they, if you come to a dance movement therapy session, you could work in a group or with an individual, and you have these elements to make you feel safe and comfortable before you go into the movement. Um, So certain things were very important to us. So like you said, the safety uh, element, we want the kids to feel safe because at home, they don't always feel safe. At school, they might not even feel safe or the neighborhood where they live. So creating that safety in a space that feels safe with a teacher and with kids around them, creating that safety for example, in that circle is, is very important. And then we um, another thing that comes back is, for example, improvisation. So you might have a very different idea about expressing yourself when I say the word excited than I would have, because the word excited is very, okay, that's a word, but For everybody, it could mean something different. So Mm. we're a big fan of improvisation and creative thinking. Mm. So we throw a word or a concept in the group and the kids can all choose how they want to express themselves. So there's no right or wrong, um, which is very important. It also comes from dance movement therapy. It's not about how you move and how good the move is, but it's just you expressing yourself. Uh, and it also connects to this creative part in your brain because you have a lot of emotions, but they're not always connected to your
0: body. Yeah, it's, that's brilliant. I'm trying to visualize what a class would look like. So I, I would take very fun. Yes, I'm sure. So so these kids that you work with go to school during the week. And so you have your Chesa Chesa classes on Saturdays. And you said that each class is about an hour and a half. Tell me a little bit about how that works in terms of the kids. Are they all in one big group? Do you separate them by ages? What do the teachers look like? How many kids do you have you know, at any given time in the program? Yeah. Very good
1: question. So we have at the moment three dense hubs, as we like to call them. So Saturday morning slash afternoon, the classes start in three different locations. So there are different locations and kids from that neighborhood come to that location. We have an hour and a half class for six to nine-year-olds and then from 10 to 18. So 10 to 18, we call early adolescence and six to nine middle childhood. And it's kind of the same curriculum, but a different teaching method. So the older kids, they want a little bit more independence and explore the boundaries a little bit more. And the middle childhood, they want really an example from the teacher and they would usually follow the example. So we split the group up. So for six to nine, for an hour and a half. And then afterwards, the 10 to 18 year olds come in and we have different instructors. So they're all instructors that we call local role models so they're from the neighborhood. They are dancers and they're trained on our method and our curriculum. They know the kids because they grew up in the same area. Mm -hmm. They know the parents. They are a figure in that community. Um, So the kids already look up to that role model and it's somebody that talks like them, looks like them and understands their challenges. So we're not particularly looking for the best dancers that come maybe from Europe or the states to come and teach with us. But um, we're really looking for the skills and knowledge inside the community and looking for role models that the kids can actually aspire to be. So that's very important to
0: us. That's remarkable. It's so well thought out. It's it's really quite remarkable. What has been the, the reaction of the program for the, the teachers, for the role models, for the kids And and for the parents, yeah. Well, the parents is one of the most interesting things because you would
1: think dance is a very accepted. Thing or activity, and it is like a lot of people dance here in Kenya in the street or when they go out. But it's not really used as a tool for education or learning. So what we're doing is a little bit progressive or out of the box. So when kids sometimes go to our classes, the parents say, "You know, what what would that do for you? Is that any good? Is that good for your future?" So in the beginning, we we of course have have some questions from the parents, but when the kids come more often. Our instructor will talk to the parent and um, give them kind of a debrief and a consent letter and make them understand what we do. And we really see that the kids are responding really well. So one, of course, they come back every week. We have a really high retention rate. So that is the greatest feedback that you can have. Kids sometimes don't talk a lot when you really ask them for feedback. But the biggest feedback is when they just come back because then you know that they are having fun. Otherwise, they would stay away. It's that simple. So the the kids, they're just having a lot of fun. And they're also acknowledging their own change. So for example, we asked them what the mindfulness has brought them or the breathing techniques. And some one kid, he said, you know, I used to beat my sister when I was angry, because she wouldn't do the chores. And I had to uh, babysit her and I would like beat her. Because that's the way he thought he could express his anger. And he says, now when I'm angry, I would talk to my mom and I would say that I'm angry or I breathe first and I don't hit my sister anymore. So that to us is something that, you know, kids are getting in touch with their emotions and finding different outlets than just hitting or yelling and can find different ways to regulate their emotions. So that's very important. And then we see that the teachers have good, um, so the teachers actually in school, they make report cards of the kids and they say, what are these kids doing? Because their attitudes have changed. This kid is more positive, And some of them, the grades have also gone up. So that's also something very positive to see because social and emotional learning has a big impact on academics um so we also see that the 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 school outcomes are are increasing or improving of the children.
0: That is uh, so incredible. I'm just reacting and I have goosebumps as I think about the story about the little boy beating his uh, sister and then learning different ways of managing his anger. And it's, it's remarkable if you take that and you multiply that with all the kids that you're teaching, the collective impact, even reaching one child at a time is, is so huge. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Where do you you get the funding for uh, Chesa Chesa? Not as much as we would like, I would
1: say. Um, So we started December 2018, and that started a little bit more with crowdfunding. We had a big fundraiser here in Kenya. And then at the end of last year, we got our first donor from the Netherlands. Um, So that was somebody that... I sent a proposal to and they came to Kenya and they were looking to fund an arts project. And that's how they came to us. And they were completely in love with the program. So that was our first funder. Now we're looking, of course, to fund for, for next year. So we're just sending out proposals, looking for funding and expanding our network. But now more and more people know about us. Because the thing is, like you said, now we have 200 kids, which is great. But the impact that we could have a skill um, is much bigger. So we want to work in these communities, but we also want to have a school program and basically impact as many kids as we can. But that also means you need funding in order to scale up. What is your long-term vision for Chesa Cheza? We want to be the largest uh, educational dance program in Africa. So what I would like to emphasize is it's, it's about dance, but it's mainly about learning. And, you know, we're now in the community and that's great, but we would like to have a program that is part of every school curriculum so that we have safe spaces in schools, but also in the community and that there's, a network of these local dance educators that are trained on what we do and they establish classes in their neighborhood. Um, So it's a very local model that could spread all over the African continent and it's basically the largest network of these dance educators and providing life skills education through dance to, to
0: millions of kids, hopefully. Uh, That's a great and clear and compelling vision. Um, Has the coronavirus had any impact on your business? Yes, a lot, actually, because
1: we had to shut everything down since mid-March. The schools closed on the 16th of March, um, and the Kenyan government also asked to stop any gatherings, uh, stop any classes. So the kids have been out of school since that time which is um, a very long time um, and they don't have any positive or engaging activities so we cannot do our work uh, and it's very difficult because it's also difficult to do remotely or online because a lot of the families that we work with don't have access to internet so you cannot just do a zoom dance class or an online dance class and mm-hmm. um, so we're trying to figure out how we can still get content across but at least we're partnered with some organizations here and do food drives so that the the families have uh, enough basic needs so they have their food Um, we're making sure that the kids have uh, learning toolkits for at home Um, somebody created these great toolkits that kids are still able to learn when they're at home and don't have online access so we're still we're still trying to to reach the kids um, in many ways, but it's difficult to reach them through really our core activity, which is dance.
0: yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, Sherelle, as an ordinary person doing extraordinary things, uh, I must ask you this, you know, who would you say is your role model?
1: I would say. My role model became Michelle Obama because I actually didn't know her story until I read her book, Becoming. And when I read her story, um, it really resonated with me because she is a powerhouse. Like she is a goal getter. She has a great career and she did really amazing things. And she didn't do that without keeping her community in mind. And I think we all want to grow and we want to achieve a certain level of success in our own way. But I think it's always good to keep thinking about who do you serve, who is the community around you, and how can you also support those who have less opportunities than you? Even if you're successful, you can still actually do that. So I think reading her story, I thought that was very, um,
0: very inspirational. I had a chance to visit or go see uh, Michelle Obama when she was in Canada. This was just uh, an event that was held where thousands of people came. And uh, it was really interesting, but that was one of her messages, which is about not forgetting her roots and where she came from. And trying to be a role model for that group of people uh, and bringing them along. So you certainly hit on something that is very important to her. And I just found out yesterday that uh, Netflix has uh, becoming a documentary, which is now, I think, available. Yeah, I I
1: saw it as well. I haven't uh, haven't seen it, but I will definitely put it on the list. And I think, yeah, I think her message is about, like, in the end, about sharing. So if everybody grows a little but thinks about the person next to them, then I think we're all taken care of. So I I think everybody should keep
0: that in mind. I do have a final question for you, Sherelle, and that is um, if you had a magic wand and could hope for anything, what would you hope for? What is your hope, your wish?
1: My wish is that every child has equal opportunities in this life and has access to quality education, has the freedom to express themselves, discover who they are and actually be themselves in order to reach their full potential. I think the world is not always as equal and children didn't ask to come in this world and we should really think about creating the best environment for them to thrive.
0: Beautifully, beautifully said. Any last words before we, we conclude? Yeah, I would like to uh, reach out to those um,
1: who are creative thinkers or who connected to the story, dancers, other people that are really passionate about education, for example, and think um, I would like to connect with uh, Cheza Cheza or I would like to volunteer, support, um, share experiences. I'm, I'm always very happy if people join our, our network. So please reach out to me and to Cheza Cheza if you would like to connect.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Sherelle, so much for sharing your work, your purpose, your passion with us. To learn more about Cheza Cheza, go to dance.org. Great. Thank you so much. This was very exciting. It was fun. And hopefully we can have you come back again and again as a guest to talk about all the wonderful things that you're doing. Good. Thank you for the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you like what you heard, Click the subscribe button to listen to more episodes. And if you are an ordinary person doing extraordinary things and want to be a guest on this show, message me on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feed. In the meantime, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, choose hope. Hope is the spark that ignites us to move forward and make things happen.